Welcome to No Green Eggs and Ham, a podcast about nothing and everything. It's not a show where we take jabs at the infamous Dr. Seuss, but where we dive into topics like art, weird inventions, pop culture, and anything having to do with cubby-wubby womb room tea. So throw on some clothes. Grab a coffee and ignore your responsibilities as you listen to the Just OK Sounds with your host, me, Sam I Am. Here we go. I don't think I have ever wanted to visit a location more than I wanted to go to Rome. And when I finally got to do that, I, it was like a dream come true. We flew into Rome, but we didn't get to actually see it. We flew in early in the morning. The airport is on the outskirts of Rome. And it's just highways, you know, getting to different locations. So you don't actually get to see anything. Um, we immediately drove up to Tuscany to get to uh, our location, to the, the B&B. And it's not like I could look in the rearview mirror and see Rome. It's, that's not how it was. So when we finally got to go on the second leg of our trip, I was so excited waking up that morning. I, I couldn't wait to get there. It's like everything was leading to this. I was so excited to get there. And I had pictured in my mind the movie gladiator when they're bringing maximus into the city and you can see the city for miles and as you get closer it gets bigger and bigger that's not how it was a lot of the outskirts of rome was very much like queens new york everything is packed in together and people everywhere different types of buildings you know you have uh, apartments and you do have some houses but most of it's just you know commercial so when we actually got into the city you kind of pass through these old walls, like of the original walls that surround the city. You know, it's all broken up, but some of the roads lead in through. Um, and when we arrived at the uh, rental place, we dropped off the car and we got picked up by uh, a taxi service. And we're talking to the, the driver who spoke great English, uh, but he was born in Rome. And this is what he's done. We found out that in order to be in a position where you drive people around, like like an Uber or uh, a taxi service or car service, you have to be um, someone like him, where you were born and raised in that city that you are driving for. They don't let anyone just come in and, and get a job driving people around. You have to know every piece of that area. And the only way you're going to know it is by actually having been born and raised there. So that was interesting to find out. And he brought us to the Trevi Fountain. Um, the hotel was like the Hotel Trevi or something. And it's they have a few locations and they're all like right up the street from each other. And we were dropped off at like the head office, which is behind the the or like in front of the fountain but you can't see it but you can hear it 
and then you hear a ton of people. This is a big tourist spot. Obviously, the Trevi Fountain is is a gorgeous piece to look at. And I, I I took every moment that I could. I I took it to to see that fountain. Like we we purposely like we were there for three days, and we purposely made paths so that we would cross the fountain every day, multiple times. So I was I was I was like while we're waiting to to get our room, and I was like antsy. I, I wanted to go see that fountain so bad, um, but we didn't see it right away. And uh, we, we dropped off our bags at the location first that we were going to. And it was amazing. So our, our room was actually in a, like a, in a remote location outside of the main building. It was just up the street. And you get into this residential area. It's, people live here. But then the, the hotel has like a, a floor or two that they use. And you get into this little elevator. Now, the guy taking our bags up said, you guys go first, and I'll bring your luggage uh, in the next next ride up. And I took a picture of this, and I'll see if I can put it up. But there was barely enough room for two of us to stand in that elevator. It was so small. It's the smallest elevator I've ever seen. Think of a porta potty that moves up and down. That's basically the size of it. So I didn't even know how he was able to get our luggage in there and himself, but he did. And we get into our room and it's just as small. <laughs> it's really like everything is small, but it like, it doesn't matter because you're not spending time in the room. You're, you're walking around and seeing things all day long. So it's really just a place to just leave your bags. Uh, after we, we get settled with, you know, setting things up, we go and immediately go to the fountain. And we had an appointment for um, a tour with uh, this guy that has lived in Italy. He's actually from California, but he's lived in Italy for over 30 years. He, he moved there after just visiting once. Uh, he never went back home. And so we saw the fountain, which was hard to see during the day. At night, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful i mean it's beautiful during the day but you can actually see it at night because the traffic is much less during the day this is where tourists go so this is where all the vendors go and you have these guys from asia who are selling all these trinkets and all these toys and flying objects and spinning objects and lights and it's crazy you're bombarded by people selling you things or trying to sell you things so trevi fountain that area, which isn't very big already, is packed and it's hard to move through. I can't imagine what it's like right now uh, during the pandemic. I, I, yeah, whatever. We, we had lunch there. Um, not the best meal we've had because, again, you're right in the tourist area. So all the food there is, you know, catered to tourists. You, you want to go to the places that people don't know about. That isn't a tourist spot. So you have to ask around and we have friends that has spent a lot of time in Italy. So we've got some locations to go to. So when we took the tour, uh, we met this guy at this, um, it's a very famous spot. I don't know the name of it though. And it's really cool because there's roads, a road that, um, that surrounds this, this rectangular structure 
and there's a fence along it so you can you can stand and look into this ancient roman um these pillars and these old cathedrals that used to be there and that's where he meets us and that's where he started the the whole tour because we were taking a tour of like old cathedrals and um old pagan sites and stuff like that and you know sites that were turned from temples into like basilicas and, and stuff and so we're looking down at this um these ancient uh, structures and the first thing he says is there are three different time periods just in this little location right here not including what's all around us which was more modern um he's like which one do you think is the oldest and you're looking at it and you can see it's not totally noticeable but you can see like there's different gradient levels and i looked all the way to the left and i was like that's the oldest and he's like how'd you know it's because well it's further down he's like exactly rome is a layered city basically and you can tell how old something is by how far down it is basically and there's not much here you know most of it in this little area is gone but there's you know some pillars and some walls and stuff like that and little pathways you can see so we went to uh several locations around all around rome the city center and we got to see all these different um, basilicas and these little cathedrals. And we got to see all the influences from Asia and, um, and different countries in the tile work and on the floor and in the ceilings. And, you know, it was, a, it was really cool to see. And um, the guy was very knowledgeable. He took us to um, the ghetto. And we got to see where... Um, It was a very sombering uh, day. Um, I, I should say the night was more so. Uh, so, you know, we walked through the ghetto. And we, there's some churches there, but we got to see where um, Rome basically with the Gestapo came through and removed Jewish people from their homes during World War II. And in front of some of the locations of where they lived, if you look down the ground um, in the cobblestones, there'll be one cobblestone that's gold. And it's engraved with names and dates. Or a date. And also the location that they were sent. And we got to see some of those. I took some pictures of a couple of the, the stones, but it was actually hard to to see and to to hear about and later that night we were after the this is hours after the tour and we were just going around by ourselves um we got gelato of course at this little spot and there's a ton of people here in this little little square and this is actually in front of a church that he had taken us into um earlier that day and we had made it a, a point to, to go back to this area uh, because it had a um, like a candy shop we wanted to get some presents for people f from and um, there were just things we wanted to see and as we're having gelato we start hearing violin music I'm like that's very familiar and then I realized within seconds that it, it was 
from Schindler's List. And then you look out from the shop that we were in, and you see all these crowds of people now have torches. And the torches are made out of paper, like big, big rolls of paper. And they're lit up at the top, and it's slow burning. And then the march happens. So we're, we're there October, around October 16th. And October 16th is the anniversary of when this happened. And we saw um, people being led out of the city in commemorating what happened. And it was like I stopped eating my gelato. I didn't realize that this was happening, like we were in the midst of it. And so you see people up in um, apartments looking down and they're holding candles and you have all these, there are hundreds of people and they just, they march through the city uh, to remember this. And you have soldiers that are, you know, are escorting everybody and it's, it's crazy. And so it has, (laughs) you're hearing violin music, right? And you're hearing this song that added to what you're seeing. It's just, it, it, it's hard to watch. And then something happened that kind of broke that mood. So you listen to violin music and you're looking around and like, oh, this is a recording. There's no one playing the violin. At first it sounded like someone was actually playing the violin, but then you realize they're coming from, it's coming from speakers. And when I really knew that it wasn't somebody like just being amplified by microphones on you know attached to their violin i heard the the opening to a circle of life by the from the lion king somebody had played from their laptop this they had like a set list for this night and accidentally somehow put in the lion king and Within seconds, it was turned off immediately. And then uh, Schindler's List was... The the theme song from Schindler's List came back. So someone made a mistake and didn't realize that they had accidentally slipped a Disney song into this very, (laughs) very important little ceremony. So that was interesting. Uh, It was really neat to see this. It was so amazing um that these people remember this and you know it was a very dark day for rome for sure um having allowed this to happen and you know anyway i'm lingering on um so during the day when we're going on tour we got to see all these different locations i got to see at this one church this um martyred woman who kind of like um who was it marie antoinette where she was locked in her castle and people you know were trying to get her out you know give them cake um it was kind of the same somewhat of the same situation this this woman who lived in this residence uh that people were trying to get her out whatever and they finally did and um the the legend goes that she was beheaded and you know thrown into a grave and when they found the grave uh 
um, uh, it was a miracle because she wasn't beheaded. Like it was, her head was still attached. And so they, they made um, a statue of her and put it into this glass, um, like coffin by the altar uh, at the front of this church. So you can see it. And she became saintly from this miracle. We saw stuff like that. And we saw like old parts of Rome and new parts of Rome. And it was a lot of fun. The guy, the guy was entertaining. He was very funny. And, um, it was something that I would do again. He offers different themed tours, you know, going to see different locations and he can take you through the Roman forum, which I'll get to on another day. That's, the whole other thing but it was it was good it was like a two-hour tour it was nice um we had pizza we had gelato i think we had gelato twice that day and pizza twice and um i had never seen i i don't think yeah i, I know i know for sure that i had i did not see one pizza slicer there like we use here every pizza parlor you know uh, trattoria that we went to they used different tools to cut pizza one was scissors uh, another one was uh, a spackle um the metal spackle brush where you you know you put spackle on it and you scrape it it's a scraper basically saw that saw a hatchet no, never saw a pizza cutter and for sure rome had the best pizza uh, that we had tasted that whole trip you know, Sienna had the best gelato, in my opinion, and the best pizza was in Rome. A lot of eating. It was so much, so much eating. So many good things. We sat down in a restaurant a couple times, uh, only at night. During the day, it was it was all just grab and go, which, the you know, that's how it was. In the morning, you get your coffee, which, again, is you drink it really quick, and then you get on your way. There's no you know, to go cups or anything like that. But the rest of the time is you grab food that is meant for walking with. And for us, it was just pizza. Like that's all we got. And then at night you would have like a sit down meal. And I think I had one night I had this linguine and another night I had like a chicken cutlets, great stuff. But, um, yeah, during the day, pizza, eat pizza. If you go eat pizza, and just eat pizza. It, it was totally worth it. I mean, tried so many different types of pizza. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, the next time I talk uh, to you about Rome, it'll be about the second day. And the second day is when things started really kicking off for us. Seeing the sights and things. I mean, you know, go to the Vatican and you see um, Sistine Chapel and the Basilica. Um, the the Pantheon. Um, I, I, it doesn't matter. You'll find it next time. We got lost at, at nighttime on that first day. We had, uh, like I said before, we tried to um, keep in mind different places we wanted to go later on after the tour. And I thought I knew one of the locations that I wanted to go see, which was this candy shop that had these uh, chocolates that were made with jalapenos. And he, he had walked us past this, and I had he had told us is like the best chocolates he's ever had in, in Rome. 
So I was like, okay, we got to go over there because there's some people at home I want to get stuff for. And it was this really cute little shop. Um, but we kind of got lost. And we were across the ti- the Tiber and walking up these big steps and walking around different uh, places. Hold on. Sorry, I had to take a phone call. Um, so like I was saying, we were it, it was late at night. We're walking around. It's basically a residential area. I mean, there's big buildings. There's universities there, so we see some students and stuff like that. But it's this isn't where tourists go. We're outside of the tourist zone, and it's definitely different. You can definitely see a difference between where tourists go and where they don't. And at one point, we had to like backtrack because we couldn't find our way back to the city unless we went back the way we came, which was up these very steep steps, and we had to go back down them and. I mean, it was very cool because we were up high, so we could say take pictures of uh, the city in the distance. But um, uh, some of it was a little shady, so we're, we're like, Let, let's get it back to where we need to go. Um, but on the way back that night, um, we saw all these old areas. Um, at night, it's a lot different. Everything, like if it's a landmark and somewhere people go, they have lights on it, so you get to see see it even at night and which is awesome because i mean again they're very they're full of pride of these locations so they want to make sure people see it all the time and there was this one spot that we we saw this old temple which is really cool and um these pillars and just really neat areas and there's one location that we saw from across the street we're walking along the Tiber River, and across the street is this big, big expanse of old archways, and it's all lit up, and there are some people up there, but it looks like they're having a party, and it looks like there's a couple of restaurants, and you get to see, and I don't I don't know what it was, and next time we go, I hope to go see it up close, but it was so, at night, it was just so magical, seeing these different locations lit up, and... Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't know where we were at night. Um, my aunt kind of knew. She has been to Rome a few times. But um, we just kept walking, you know. We just just walk. And it was just a gorgeous time of year to go. And the nights were, it was perfect. Thank you for listening to No Green Eggs and Ham. Editing is by Yovino Consulting in Glencove, New York. Producers for the show are me, myself, and I. The theme song is written and performed by Donnie Ronaldo. On a guitar that I gave him. Because I don't know how to play. If you reach this far in the show, Please take an additional few seconds to leave us a review on whatever app you're using to listen to us ramble on about nothing and share the podcast with your friends. See you, not see you, next time.